a number of years ago, I was, uh, I was at a camp. It was a camp that I went to every year, and this youth minister came up to me, and he said, you see that girl over there? He said, her life was changed here last year. He said, she was walking across the sports field, and, and he said, who, who was the preacher last year? I said, it was Ken. And he said, yeah. He said, Ken was crossing the sports field, and, and he looked at her, and he said, I like your shirt. And it changed her life. <laughs> Ken was a friend. I called him and told him. It was like, you know all those sermons you prepared and all that? Yeah, it didn't matter. When you told that girl you liked her shirt, it changed her life. Her youth minister said, ever since that encounter, she's been stronger, more confident. Her faith has been better. And he said, I kept waiting for it to go away. And he said, here we are a year later. It changed her life. Simple words of affirmation. To say to a teenage girl, you dressed well today, you look good, it, it, that's all she needed. But she needed that. We're going through five love languages and we're at love language number four and it's words of affirmation. Just saying to someone the words that they need to hear. And if that's their love language, it can literally change their life. Jesus was very good at speaking the five love languages. I, I don't pretend to say that he read Gary Smalley's book, all right? But he knew people and he loved people. And he was very good at loving people. And when he would meet people, he would figure out what they needed. And he would give to them what they needed. And he was very good at doing that. Jesus had 12 disciples, and of those 12, he had three who were clearly his best friends, Peter, James, and John. We're going to look at how Jesus loved Peter. Peter's love language was words of affirmation. And we're going to look at how Jesus loved Peter all throughout their years together. We begin in John chapter 1, where Jesus meets Peter, and when he meets him, he gives him affirming words. The Bible says the Andrew was Peter's brother. The first thing Andrew did after discovering Jesus was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him, at Simon, and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. You're Simon, son of John. He knew his name. I've been talking with some of you this morning and talking about how difficult it is to learn names anyway, and then to learn names and faces and try learning names and faces like Deanna and I've had to do without faces. It's been tough, but we're trying. And if somebody comes to you and they know your name, that means something to you. And especially if you haven't even met them yet, but they know who you are. Andrew brings Jesus to meet his brother and he goes to introduce him and Jesus already knows. He says, you're Simon. Yeah, he knows my name. And then Jesus says, I'm going to call you Peter. I'm going to call you, he gives him a good nickname. I'm going to call you Rock. That's a good name. Rock. You're rock 
solid. And, and I mean, you've read the book. So you know that later Jesus is going to say, you're the rock on which I will build my church. Jesus is preparing Peter for that statement from literally the first day that they met. And he meets Peter and, and he says, I'm not going to call you Simon. I'm going to give you a stronger name. I'll call you Rock. You can't go wrong with doing that with somebody. Whether you do or do not know their love language, when you meet them, if you look at them and you say, you seem like a really great person. You seem like you're rock solid. You see, you're really wise, aren't you? Try that with anybody. They're all going to say, whoa, how'd you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm smarter than the average person, but most people don't see that, but you saw it. And so Jesus just opens up his relationship with Peter with words of affirmation. I'm going to call you rock. Okay, <laughs> I'll be that. And off they go. Jesus saw who Peter was and he saw what Peter needed and he gave Peter what he needed. Because love is discovering and meeting needs. And when the scripture says we're to love others, it means we're to discover their needs and we are to meet their needs. That's how Jesus loved people around him. It wasn't always this gushy feeling that he had toward them. It wasn't always wonderful things that he said or did to them. He loved them, he saw their needs, and he met their needs. Just over and over and over again, that's what Jesus did. And Peter needed words of affirmation. So he called him rock. And Peter said, oh, I like this guy. Mark chapter 10. A man comes to Jesus, a man that we all only know as the rich young ruler. And he comes and he talks to Jesus about how to get into heaven. And Jesus says, you know, you need to go sell everything and, and give it to the poor and, and then come and follow me. And the man goes away sad because he was wealthy and he didn't want to give up all that he had. And the people started talking and they said, if you have to give up everything, I mean, who's going to get to go to heaven? And Simon Peter, in verse 28 of Mark 10, he spoke up. He was always speaking up. And he says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. And his disciples really had. Peter had left everything to follow Jesus. And when Jesus said, I'm looking for people who are willing to leave everything, Simon Peter spoke up and said, that's me. Don't forget me. Notice me. How about, a, how about a shout out to me, Jesus? How about a thank you? I need words of affirmation is what Peter was saying here. Jesus, who knew Peter's name before he met him, knew that he had left everything to follow him. And And Peter knew that Jesus knew, but he needed to hear the words. And there are a lot of folks that need to hear the words. And that's who Gary Smalley's talking about in his book when he says some people, their love language is words of affirmation. These are the people who need to hear it. And you can say to them, but you know that I love you. Yes, I know, but I need to hear it. Peter needed to hear it. And, and one way you can discover the love languages is you can go to people you know and you can say, hey, there's this online test I learned about at church and I need you to take it so I'll know your love language so I'll know how to relate to you. Or 
and I learned this from Emily's sermon, you can just watch how they love. You can watch how they act. If there's someone who's always giving you little gifts, they'd really like it if you gave them a gift. And if there's someone who's always speaking words of affirmation, or like Peter, asking for words of affirmation, words of affirmation is their love language. And you can just watch how people around you love and then give them that love back. And that's what Jesus did with Peter. And it worked really well. There was another time in Matthew 16 where Jesus gives Peter kind words. And Dr. Smalley in his book, he talks about affirming words and kind words and humble words. These are the kinds of words someone whose love language uh, is words of affirmation. These are the kinds of words that they need. So Jesus had been talking with his disciples and they were talking about, because all these theories were going around about who Jesus really was. He's John the Baptist come back to life. He's Elijah. He's, He's all these people. And finally, Jesus just looks at his disciples and he says to them, uh, verse 15 of Matthew 16, but but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And of course, who speaks up? Simon Peter. And Simon Peter answers him and he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Who who do you really think I am? Jesus asked. And, And Peter He's like that kid in fourth grade who never knew the answer to any question. And then finally one day, the teacher asks a question and he knows the answer. And it's like, ooh, 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 me, 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 call, call on me, call on me, call on me. I know, I know, I know, I know. And the teacher spots that kid who just desperately needs to give the right answer. And she calls on him and he says, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. Like he had listened to the sermon and he remembered it, all right? And he wants Jesus to know. And he's so excited. And Jesus is excited as well. So look at what Jesus now says to Peter in verse 17. Jesus replies, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we read this passage and we completely miss what Jesus was doing. We get hung up on... Gates of Hades will not prevail. What does it mean that he binds? And and we get into all these details. And we miss the relationship that was happening here. Jesus had asked a question. And Peter gave the right answer. And Jesus just pours out praise on him. Look at the praise he gives him. The words of affirmation. Because that's what Peter needed to hear. Blessed are you. Great job. Hey, everybody in class, look at Simon. He gave the right answer. And don't forget this. His name is really Peter. And Peter, you know where you learned that? You learned that from my Father. God Himself spoke to you, Peter. And you listened. 
And what you've told us is straight from the heart of God. This is a little gathering of His disciples. These are religious people. And Jesus is saying, this one, this man, he heard from God. What were the rest of you doing? Look at Peter. And Peter's, he's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I try to stay humble, but it's hard. It's hard. I, God, speak straight to me. I don't know about you guys, you know. And then he says, you're Peter. Yeah. And you're the rock. Yes, I am. And I'll build my church. Yes. And, and hell itself won't prevent. No, I'll win. I'm, I'm great. Peter gets so fired up because Jesus loves him so well right here. It's love language. It's exciting. And people, people need it. When you meet somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, they're, they're dependent on those words. It's just how they're made, all right? how God created them. Don't criticize them for it. Just give them the words of encouragement that they need. Sometimes, sometimes people need us to help them, but they won't ever ask. Sometimes people need you to speak to them, but they'll never tell you directly that they do. But the loving person, the Christ-like person notices And they care deeply about the people around them and they notice what they need. That's what we're called to do. I was on an airplane a number of years ago. We lived out in West Texas in San Angelo for a while. San Angelo is not near anything. It just isn't. And to get anywhere from San Angelo, you had to go to Dallas. And there were these little airplanes that shuttled back and forth. We called them flying cigars. It was the kind of plane when you got on it, I'm not making this up, the man would close the door, lock it down, walk by, say, how are y'all doing? Walk up, sit in the cockpit and fly the plane. And when you landed, he got off, he opened the door, climbed down the steps and he got your luggage out of the plane and gave it to you, all right? These were little airplanes. I got on one of those planes one time and, and I sat down, and they're so little, and I was sitting next to this young woman, and I was way too close, you know, even before social distancing. But it's this tiny little plane, and, and she had, well, she had a book in her hand, and she was using that universal symbol that's known worldwide. She had her book in her hand on the airplane like this, which meant, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. So I sat down and the plane hadn't even taken off and she had her don't talk to me signals going. So I didn't talk to her. The plane took off and we start toward Dallas. It's like a 45 minute flight. And it's this little plane, so it's always bumpy. And the plane would sometimes just move sideways, quite a ways. The air would just catch it and, you know, just blow it to one side and blow it to the up and down. And it's just how the plane went. We're going along and we're bouncing our way uh, to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. And, and I notice partway through the flight that she's holding that book, but she hadn't turned a page. And we've been in the air 25, 30 minutes at this time. Well, a few minutes later, the landing gear on that little plane goes down. 
And, and you know what it's like when the, when the landing gear goes down. The whole plane shakes. And I mean, you hear all the hydraulics and the wheels are coming down. And I glanced over. And when the landing gear started going down, she was still holding the book. Her knuckles literally turned white. And I thought, she is terrified. She hadn't turned a page and her knuckles just turned white. So I thought, I'm going to violate all airplane etiquette protocol, and I'm going to speak to the person who has the book in their hand. And I turned to her and I said, that was the landing gear. It is supposed to make that noise. She never took her eyes off that book. And she said, thank you. All the words we ever spoke. I have no idea who she is. I have no idea where she is today. But I know this, at that moment in her life, she was terrified. And she needed somebody to say, it's okay. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of the unrest in our country, we are surrounded by people who are hurting, who are lost, who are lonely, who need words of affirmation. We have to find them. We need to be the Jesus people who go out and speak these words of affirmation. That is, love as Jesus loved. We need to touch their hearts and their lives. And we need to help them through this time by simply saying, it's going to be okay. And even if it's not, it's going to be okay. We have a God who loves us. We have a hope that passes all understanding. We have a peace that endures. We have a Savior and His name is Jesus. And He loves us. And He has not left us. And He has not forsaken us. And there is nothing that can separate us from His love. And we need to walk boldly and confidently through these days. And we need to help the people around us do the same. Well, Peter, Peter was full of confidence. And there came a point where he wanted to encourage Jesus. It's in John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, Jesus is starting to talk to his disciples about the reality of his life on earth ending. And, and he's going to the cross and he's going to be crucified and he's going to be buried. And, and he's telling his disciples, I've, I've got some things I'm going to do and, and you can't go with me. But Peter says in verse 37, Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus, you've always been there for me. I will be there for you. I will follow you. You don't need to worry about me. And if you're going someplace threatening, I will go with you. I'll be there for you, Jesus. Jesus, uh, Peter speaking words of affirmation to Jesus at this point. I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus answers and he says, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Ouch. Jesus, I was just trying to help. <laughs> I was just offering to follow you. 
and now you're now you're telling me the truth about what I'm really going to do? This was a difficult time in their relationship. And you know how this ends. And Jesus is right. And Peter fails him. And the man who built his life on words of affirmation ruins his life with words of disowning Jesus. I don't even know who he is. Jesus abandons, uh, Peter abandons Jesus with his words. And the failure was deep, and the failure was terrible. When we talk about words of affirmation, when we talk about giving those to others, we can't help but think about whether we've done that well. And if your love language is words of affirmation, you can't help but think about times others have failed you. Those times you needed somebody to say to you, it's going to be okay, and they didn't. Those times you needed people to be there for you, and they weren't. What do we do with our own failure, and what do we do with the failure of others when either we fail to love or they fail to love us? It's a difficult place to be. One thing we can do is we can make a commitment to give away words of affirmation more freely. So, Emily's giving you a homework assignment every week. I'm the substitute teacher. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I may not have done this if you weren't here, but since you are, I'll, I'll follow the class notes. Your assignment for this week is simply this. Every day... I want you to give words of affirmation to someone. Now that's doable, all right? Just say something affirming, something encouraging, something kind to somebody every day. And make note of it so that you keep up with it and you know that you're doing it every day. And, and, and you might say, well, Scott, I just don't encounter very many people. Tell your kid how much you love them every day, all right? They're going to be okay with it. I mean, if you give these words of affirmation to the same person seven times, they'll be all right with it or spread it around to, to family, to friends, to people in your Zoom meetings, to, to strangers that you pass and just holler out mask to mask. I like your shirt. It may change their life. Or maybe you need to really think this through and come up with just the proper words of affirmation for that most important person in your life right now, your Amazon delivery driver. <laughs> you don't need to wonder, do people need these words of affirmation? They do. You don't even have to ask if it is their primary love language. You're not going to offend people by doing this. And that's your assignment for this week. So, we left Peter and Jesus in a very precarious place. Their relationship was about to break, and Jesus knew it was about to break. And Peter's heart was going to break when he realized that he had disowned Jesus. But God steps in. Mark 16, 6. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb where Jesus had been laid and he'd come out of the grave. And the angel says, don't be alarmed. 
You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. She was told to go tell the disciples and Peter. And she turned and she left the grave and she went and she told the disciples and she took a special message just to Peter. The angel said to make sure that you knew Jesus was back. Because Because what did God want to have happen in the relationship between Jesus and one of his best friends? Did he want it to end over Peter's transgression? Did he want the relationship to end because Peter failed Jesus? Or did he want there to be reconciliation? And did he want the relationship to be healed and made whole? God wanted it healed. And the angel announced it. You be sure that Peter knows that God wanted him to know that Jesus was back. That there's hope that he can have this relationship again. And now the ball is in Jesus' court. What will he do? Will he do the will of God or will he not do the will of God? Jesus meets with the disciples in John 21. In verse 15, we read this. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I want you back, Simon. I want you back as Peter. I know that throughout our entire relationship, I've given you words of affirmation and you've given them to me. And I know that you failed me in the last few days. When I needed you most, you weren't there for me. But I still love you. And I still want you. And you're still not just one of my disciples. You're one of my favorites. And Peter, I want you to be the one who feeds my sheep. Will you do that? A woman who was a member of my church came to me and she had a problem. The problem was a man at her office had said some nice things to her. He wasn't flirting with her. He wasn't hitting her. He just said some nice things to her. And she came to me. She had a husband and two kids. And she said, Pastor, he said these things to me and I'm feeling things for him that I shouldn't be feeling for him. And I don't know what to do. You see, he had inadvertently found her love language. He didn't mean to, but he found her love language. And her husband had forgotten her love language. She told me, she said, he just never compliments me anymore. He used to, but that's all in the past. 
He came to me a couple of weeks later. They'd separated. People don't know that because we were in Texas, so they lived in a ranch house because that's all we have in Texas. And, and it was just this giant sprawling house. And he told me, he said, we've separated. He said, he said, the way our house is arranged, he said, I live in one part and she lives in another and the girls have their rooms and, and, and our paths just never cross. But we're really not together anymore. So what do you think God wants to have happen in this situation? God showed us in the relationship between Jesus and Peter. He wants relationships to be reconciled. And if we've forgotten the love language of someone we need to be loving, we need to find that love language and we need to love them in the language that they can hear and understand. He found her love language again. I've stayed in touch with them. Their their girls have grown and moved off. They've given them grandkids. I see pictures of this couple now with their grandchildren and I see pictures of this couple playing together. They're retired now. And it almost didn't happen because someone accidentally found her love language. But he stepped up and he said, no. No, I'm not letting go. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm going to figure out how to do it right. And I'm going to heal this relationship. And he did. All of us have relationships that break. And we often have the opportunity to heal them. And knowing these love languages can help us do that. It can help us love as Jesus loved. And since Jesus was so good at loving people, we also need to be good at loving people if we say, We are followers of Jesus. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we know that you love us with a perfect love. We know that you've given your love to us through your Son, our Savior. We know that He lives in our hearts and that we are called to be like Him. Help us to love as He loved. Help us to look at the people around us and see what they need and give that to them. And Father, when... They fail us. Help us to do for them what we want others to do for us. To forgive us. To love us afresh. And to keep the relationship strong. In the name of Jesus who taught us how to love, we pray. Amen.